The Big Ten Awards are out, and finalists for the National Awards, too. We've got the full list of Big Ten honorees, snubs, everything you need to know. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, you're listening into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. I'm Nate Dickinson, and coming up on today's show, we're going to take a look at all of the award recipients, both in the conference honors and all of the national award finalists that you can look forward to as well. Also, the ACC Big Ten Challenge's last week of games ever is getting started up. We'll go over what we've seen so far in the challenge here on today's program. Before we get into any of that, though, a reminder that today's show is brought to you in part by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between Michigan and Purdue this Saturday. It's going to be a huge one, of course, for the Big Ten Championship, and it's right here on Sling. Sling TV, the TV you love for a price that you'll love as well. All right, let's talk a little bit about some of the awards that we've gotten. Big Ten awards are coming out and have come out for the football season, and also national awards getting released as well, too. First, let's go over the Big Ten big names you need to know. C.J. Stroud, named Offensive Player of the Year for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Nicholas Singleton has been named the Freshman of the Year after his outstanding campaign in the first season with the Penn State Nittany Lions. Defensive Player of the Year is Jack Campbell, and we've got all sorts of more honors to go through, of course, and we can't go through all of them. Blake Corum has been named Running Back of the Year, an interesting one for him. Of course, not interesting that he got it all that much. He was dominant throughout, but an interesting award to try and decipher who was the best in the Big Ten with what you had with Blake Corum, Chase Brown, of course, tearing up the stat sheets too. Mo Ibrahim was right there statistically with everybody else in the Big Ten as well, even if he wasn't providing necessarily the same huge, huge wins for Minnesota that everybody else had been getting. Nevertheless, a stacked class again at running back for the Big Ten. You, of course, would expect nothing different, but the running back of the year goes to Blake Corm out of Michigan. Other awards. Northwestern's Peter Skaronsky named Offensive Lineman of the Year. He was also an All-American preseason selection, so he lives up to the hype throughout the season. Jake Moody of Michigan is the Kicker of the Year, and, of course, an All-Powerful Punter of the Year award that is highly contested, of course, across the Big Ten. This year goes to Bryce Berenger of Michigan State, named the Big Ten Punter of the Year. Chase Brown was a second-team running back. Mayan Williams, a third-team running back. Chase Brown getting second a little bit surprising. Ends up getting pushed down because Mo Ibrahim gets first-team All-Big Ten honors. Mayan Williams up there, third-team All-Big Ten running back. No Travion Henderson around there either. So another interesting note, again, I thought running back in particular was the tightest of the position groups to try and decipher from. And therefore, really interesting how they stacked up on the All-Big Ten teams as they went through it all. On the quarterback side, Talia Tungavailoa and Aiden O'Connell both tie, uh, if it's a tie you want to say. Point is, they're both on the All-Second Team Big Ten quarterbacks list. 
behind C.J. Stroud, who gets the first team nod for the Big Ten. J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan gets third team all Big Ten honors for the Wolverines. I, I thought we might see a little bit of a chance for some things to switch around, especially with like Offensive Player of the Year and those big, big awards once Ohio State lost that game. And I think that if Blake Corum had played in that game and played well, maybe he would have been able to snag away one or two of the awards away from C.J. Stroud. But since it wasn't Corum who was doing the damage against Ohio State in particular, I think it ends up being C.J. Stroud who gets most of these best of the best Big Ten awards out there here today. Again, Talia Tungavaloa and Aiden O'Connell are second team all Big Ten quarterbacks and the third team all Big Ten QB J.J. McCarthy, of course, the one who still is undefeated on the season. As far as national awards go, all sorts of Big Ten nominations around there, too. No winners announced just yet. We'll have college football awards coming up soon, but the names you need to know. Marvin Harrison Jr., who was the receiver of the year for the Big Ten. I think I skipped over that. He's also a finalist for the Boletnikoff Award for Best Wide Receiver in the Whole Country. Elsewhere, Jake Moody is a finalist for the Lou Groza Award, Best Kicker in the Country, and Bryce Beringer and Adam Korsak of Rutgers are up for the Ray Guy Award for Best Punter in the Country. C.J. Stroud's up for both the Maxwell and the Davey O'Brien for the Best Player and Quarterback. The Outland has a finalist in Peter Skaronsky and Olusegun Alawatimi of Michigan. Devin Witherspoon's up for the Jim Thorpe Award for Best Cornerback out of Illinois. And Chase Brown and Blake Corm are both up for the Doan Walker Award, as well as Bijan Robinson out of Texas. Nomo Ibrahim in that final awards list. Despite him getting the first team All-Big Ten nod, he does not get the nod to be one of the finalists that are three players heading to the awards ceremony to see who gets that Walker Award. So... Well, Ibrahim left out there, gets first team all Big Ten. Chase Brown and Blake Corm are going to sit and wait to see who takes home the Doan Walker Award. Also, one final award that's a really cool one, too. Aiden O'Connell of Purdue is up for the Bullsworth Trophy. Goes to the best college football player who started out as a walk-on, as O'Connell did, too. So that's a fun one that I hope Aiden O'Connell is able to take home. Coming up in a minute, we're going to go over some of what we've seen in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, the last that we will have of them, with the Big Ten getting a new media rights deal that will not include ESPN starting up soon. So a quick rundown of the games that we've seen so far and the things that you need to know from the ones that you haven't watched. That's coming up here in just a minute on Locked On Big Ten. Before we get to any of that, though, Bet Online is the place to go for all of your online sports betting needs. Whether it be to get your actual bet in or to learn more about where the lines and money are going or to just make sure that you're getting the best lines and most odds available at anywhere online, you can head on over to Bet Online. It's a one-stop shop for all of your sports gambling needs. Head on over there to make sure that you have peace of mind when you're working with your sports gambling. It's Bet Online where the game starts. All right, let's take a look at what's been going down in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, or the Big Ten ACC Challenge. It changes every year. The point is, this is going to be the last one of them. We'll get to that in just a minute. It's always, though, a good litmus test for just about everyone in the conference, because 
These two conferences not only do a really good job of putting together this event every year, they also make the matchups pretty good too. It's usually best of the best going up against best of the best from the other conference, and as a result, you get usually some pretty fair and even out matchups. Like, uh, not always the case. Purdue's going to play Florida State here today. It's not going to be all even across the board, but you do have, for the most part, the good teams playing the good teams, the bad playing the bad. So you get an idea of where everyone stacks up. And, of course, you want the bragging rights and to be able to say that you beat the ACC overall in these 14 games. So as we start to look at what we've already seen in these matchups, uh, I'm going to skip over Monday. Minnesota and Northwestern both not really fit to be competitive Big Ten teams this season. They take losses over on Monday, and I don't want to go over too much there. But from what we saw on Tuesday... Illinois absolutely dominated Syracuse. 73-44 to the final score. Illini pulled away in a huge, huge way after leading by 7 at halftime. And the big news was Colin Hawkins. He ends up with 15-10-10. and 10. Clocks in a triple-double for the Illini in that matchup. Hopefully he can start to parlay that into some more success, become another key contributor for Illinois. Michigan loses by 2 to Virginia. Uh, just another example of Michigan showing that it can compete with the rest of the country with the Big Ten, showing that it's not going to be any sort of mediocre conference this season by any means. Michigan, another one of those teams that's just barely outside of the top 25. Now, this narrow two-point loss to the number three team in the country in Virginia, I imagine helps them in the next AP Top 25. But if you're a Michigan fan, it's a little bit less about that if you were watching this game. And probably a little bit more about how you could have won it. Uh, Michigan was up big at halftime, was up big with less than 10 minutes to go, had an opportunity to close the door on this Cavaliers team. A Cavaliers team that, mind you, is not keen on scoring quickly. They're not trying to fall behind and have to come back. Nobody's trying to fall behind. But the point is, Indiana or Virginia wants to play a slow game. So for them to be able to mount this comeback is not only just impressive to their abilities, but also not really what they're trying to do in the strength of the basketball team. So they had to go out of their comfort zone, and Michigan still couldn't really close the door on them. It's the third best team in the country, and he lost by two. So I'm not going to be nitpicky here. But if you were watching that game, you understood that Michigan could have had that game won a couple of different times, and it just did not allow itself to pull away from Virginia for most of it. So... You can call it a missed opportunity. If you're the optimist, you would say that, hey, you lost to a top five team by just a couple of points. You're not that far off the trail. But overall, a good resume loss for Michigan. Uh, Penn State, showing that fight that we've talked to Zach Seiko about before. Senior-led team, going to be competitive, whoever it plays against, including the Clemson Tigers, who which they went to two overtimes with. A double overtime loss, it turns out, being for Penn State and the Nittany Lions. Never want to exert that energy and end up with an L, but I'm happy with what I saw from the box score and the little bit of the highlights in the game that I was actually able to get a, get a look at. Uh, Maryland dominated as well as Illinois did. Beat Louisville by 25, the new top 25 addition to the Big Ten has been proving it so far, and a big win here should keep them in those top 25 rankings. Uh, Wake Forest beat Wisconsin by three. A little bit of a surprise. 78-75, to the final score. 
Uh, Wake Forest is looking like a pretty good team, to be honest, so maybe not surprising that Wisconsin lost the game. But with the way the Badgers had been playing before, it was just one of those things where, again, they had close losses to Kansas over in Vegas. They had opportunities to beat really good teams and just came up a little short. For them to come up a little bit short against this team, after all that, is a little bit disappointing. So hopefully just Badgers can figure out whatever it was and can get things done by next game. Uh, Chris Murray was outstanding for Iowa. They beat Georgia Tech. He had 31 points and 20 rebounds. Continues to do just a little bit of everything for the Hawkeyes and is starting to look a little bit like, dare I say it, Keegan Murray from last season for Iowa. Can't go quite that far yet. Keegan was pretty dang good, but Chris Murray is looking like he's going to be the guy for the Hawkeyes, and wherever he goes, Hawkeyes can probably go too. That was the look at everything from yesterday in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I also want to touch on just the fact that this thing's going away. And it's a little bit bittersweet, and it's not quite exactly as rough as maybe some of the other traditions leaving the Big Ten in recent years. Uh, But this is something that was, for a little while at the very least, the biggest non-conference event in college basketball. Because you had for a pretty good stretch there, for a pretty decent stretch. I mean, you have in the ACC and the Big Ten two conferences that are always going to be relevant, right? But you had for a pretty good stretch of the time that this was going on, a period where the ACC and the Big Ten were not only just relevant, but pretty clear in a way the best in college basketball. I mean, if you think about after the time that the Big East broke up, and leading up until maybe now to a couple of years ago when the Big 12 really became prominent, it was the ACC and the Big 10. Those were the two conferences that were clearly the best in college basketball. And every single year for this one week, we got to see an ACC team play a Big 10 team. And if you're a Big 10 fan, you got to see your team take on an ACC team at a time where also there were not quite as many of these big early season matchups to be had. For a lot of these teams, this early season game, ACC Big 10 Challenge game, was their toughest test of the non-conference schedule. Things have changed a little bit there. Things have changed a little bit with these two conferences. But I do think that when you think about this event and what it has been, you have to at least recognize that for a little while it was the headliner of the college basketball non-conference schedule, and outside of the football, it was maybe the biggest sporting event going on for a little bit there. Because, I mean, college football is still happening. We've got championship week coming up. But as far as the middle of the week, what you're watching on your TVs, and it may still, probably is still this, if not for the World Cup that was going on right now, the ACC Big Ten Challenge was appointment viewing because there was always going to be at least a couple of games in which two of the best of the best always came up and again it was always going to be important it was always going to be duke north carolina syracuse indiana big name schools that provide big name viewers and i just think that when you leave this you're going to maybe not leave behind something that's right now having quite as much gravity but Something that I think the people who grew up watching this ACC Big Ten Challenge are going to understand. This was a big part, and maybe a bigger part than they realize, of how they fell in love with this college basketball game. 
But again, all good things must come to an end. Big Ten's going to have plenty of good basketball in the non-conference, even without this particular set event attached to it. But it's, again, just going to be a little bit bittersweet to watch it go. And we do have this week to watch all sorts of games, games which I'll tell you more about here as we wrap things up right now on Locked On Big Ten. Before we do any of that, some news to tell you about here from across the conference as we take a look at the new coaching staffs in the Big Ten. Uh, Matt Rule's staff at Nebraska is going to include Jake Peets, reporting says. Peets played at Nebraska from 03 to 05, a former Rams assistant before taking this job, was also at LSU, an offensive coordinator, and coached quarterbacks with the Raiders. He also coached under Matt Rule in Carolina, too. In other news, according to a report from Justin Williams, and I quote, as earlier reported this week on The Athletic, Cincinnati assistants Mike Tressel, defensive coordinator Colin Hitchler, co-defensive coordinator, and Mike Brown, wide receivers coach, are all expected to follow Luke Fickle to Wisconsin, along with strength coach Brady Collins and recruiting staffers Pat Lambert and Matt Steinecker. So, you get Luke Fickle, it's not uncommon that you get pretty much all of his staff too. It seems like a lot of those guys are going to come over with him to Wisconsin. And we've got news into the transfer portal, of course. Not news, news if you've followed along, you probably already knew that a couple of big quarterbacks or big quarterback names that you know are entering the transfer portal. Alex Padilla is headed to the transfer portal out of Iowa and Cade McNamara is headed to the transfer portal as well from Michigan. So those two players are out for those two prospective squads. We'll see where they end up going and what they can end up doing if it's maybe like a Michael Penix situation at Washington. These guys may be wishing they had those players back at some point. We'll see. As far as the Big Ten schedule for today, we've got basketball on the slate. Big Ten ACC Challenge, of course. Results from yesterday, Iowa defeats Georgia Tech 81-65. Clemson beats Penn State 101-94 in double overtime. Maryland wrecked Louisville 79-54. Illinois wrecked Syracuse 73-44. Wake Forest beat Wisconsin 78-75. Virginia beats Michigan 70-68. We talked about that a little already. On the slate today, on the men's side, Duke is against Ohio State, Purdue at Florida State, Rutgers faces off against Miami, Michigan State is in South Bend to face Notre Dame, Boston College against Nebraska, and North Carolina against Indiana is the highlight of the evening on the men's side. Over on the women's end, Illinois against Pittsburgh, Syracuse against Purdue, Virginia against Penn State, Rutgers against Boston College, Ohio State against Louisville, and Wake Forest against Minnesota. That's a look around the Big Ten schedule here for the day. It is a busy day of basketball again, which means tomorrow we'll have plenty to talk about. We're going to have Jacob Rood in to recap that Indiana-North Carolina matchup from tonight and also preview an even bigger Indiana and North Carolina matchup on the women's basketball court. Number five and number six going to face off over there in Bloomington. It's going to be a good one. And we are going to talk to Jacob all about it tomorrow on the show. That's coming up tomorrow, as well as, of course, more lead-up into the Big Ten Championship game Saturday. That's all coming up here on Locked On Big Ten. Until tomorrow, be sure to follow us wherever it is you get your podcasts, on YouTube and on Twitter, at Locked On Big Ten. It's 1-0 at the end when you're typing it out, not T-E-N. I'm Nate Dickinson, at Nate with Sports. We'll be back tomorrow with more.